Welcome to the Business Behind Your Business, conversations to help your business grow and thrive. Hi, I'm Paul Sweeney, founder of Predium Solutions, chartered accountants and certified business advisors, hosting the Business Behind Your Business. Thanks for joining us on the Business Behind Your Business podcast. I'm Paul Sweeney, your host, and uh, uh, we've been getting quite a few inquiries from our listeners about what is in the budget for business. How can we take something positive out of it? It was quite a bland uh, budget on the face of it, not a lot of tax changes, not a lot of incentives there. So we're going to dive into a few of the provisions of the budget and just explain how a small business owner or um, can take advantage of some of the things that might not on the surface seem like much of a benefit to you. So just looking at the, the budget, it was, you know, a, um, given on the uh, 11th of May by the Treasurer, and its focus is on recovery, securing Australia's recovery from COVID. And now the argument is that our recovery is well underway, and certainly when we compare our performance and how we've managed through COVID, we're we're doing quite well compared to a lot of other countries. Um, So we should be very grateful for that. So it shouldn't be a surprise that this budget is not around tax cuts, but more around um, investment, uh, investment and stimulation of the economy, not so much around reform or changes to tax or changes to to uh, regulatory uh, provisions for, for super and, and, and just employing people, but it's really focused around investment and stimulating growth in the economy, stimulating growth and creation of jobs, keeping people employed. So if we go back to the whole job keeper and cash flow boost, that was primarily aimed at keeping people employed, um, keeping businesses afloat so, and keeping people in employment, um, which which was a great outcome. And look, I think they've been quite successful in achieving that on the whole. Sure, there were businesses that did, still haven't survived and some are still struggling. Um, look, that's to be expected, unfortunately. Um, but on the whole, it was quite a successful um, um, implementation of that, that strategy very quickly um, to, to provide stimulus and, and to protect jobs. And that was what it was about. So, yes, there were some winners and losers in that system, um, <clears throat> but on the whole, it, it did what it was um, intended to. It, uh, yeah, it protected jobs, it kept people employed, kept businesses afloat, and, um, yeah, kept the economy going. Uh, and, look, we, we've, we've done quite well coming out of it so far, but there's a lot more to be done, and that's where uh, a lot of this budget is, is aimed at. So not much in the way of tax cuts. The good news is that the tax cuts... Uh, haven't been pushed back. Uh, and the, the main tax cuts for individuals won't happen until 2024-25, but that was that was planned anyway. And there are some in offsets and rebates for low and middle income earners, but we're not going to dwell too much on that because we want to focus on how this affects business owners and your business particularly. Uh, the two, the two main ones that are getting a lot of noise um, and 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 uh, yeah, really being paraded as, as great value are the temporary full expensing of assets being extended for another year, and also the temporary loss carryback. Now, the temporary full expensing of assets it allows eligible businesses with aggregated annual turnover 
um, or total income up to $5 billion. Now, $5 billion is not a small business, if you ask me, but that's the um, criteria that's been put in place for this measure. Uh, it's quite a generous provision. Um, so basically, if you qualify, you can deduct the full cost of eligible depreciable assets. Now, there are a few catches in this because um, uh, other rules come into play as well. So there is a depreciation cost limit for motor vehicles, and that comes in at around $57,000. Um, so if you've bought a motor vehicle that's going to cost more than $57,000, then you won't be able to claim the full amount. You'll only be able to claim up to the depreciation cost limit, and that's a bit of a trap that not a, a lot of people are, are aware of, and people have been caught out by that. And particularly if you're looking at, um, say, a Hilux or a, 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 a similar style vehicle for, for a trades person or um, in construction, um, you're probably going to be paying more than the depreciation cost limit because that really hasn't increased much since they brought that in. So just be aware of that. So uh, why has it been extended? Why has this measure been extended? Well, the main reason is that people um, have not been able to come up with the funding or, or it's taken a lot longer to get projects off the ground, particularly in this recovery stage. So what is happening is that's been extended for another 12 months to try and stimulate more spending. And, and look, the government is hoping that we will, as, a, as an economy, invest around $320 billion. Um, dollars. Uh, that's quite a lot of investment. So uh, they really want us to spend our money. Now, the problem is here is how do you spend money that you don't have? So you're going to have to borrow to uh, pay for the asset in, in a lot of cases. So most businesses have had their cash stores eroded during COVID, run down cash, they're going to need to borrow. And, and given the performances of businesses in the last 12 months, and, and maybe even before that, because you've got to go back before COVID and look at the drought and the bushfires and, and our recent floods. And look, business owners have had a torrid time. So we need to um, go back and, and look. The finance companies, they've got to protect their own business as well. So they're not just going to be handing out loans here, there and everywhere. Uh, so they're going to be asking some questions, particularly around your future performance. Uh, what are your plans for the future? How do you justify your cash flow and profit forecasts? So if you don't have those forecasts in place, it's, it's a good idea to start working on them now, get some advice, um, put together a budget and a cash flow, and, and, and justify how that investment is going to increase revenue for you or make you more efficient. Uh, how's, it, how's it going to open up new revenue-producing opportunities? So that's something that is there, and that's being flagged as quite a good benefit for, for business. Certainly, if you're investing in assets and you were planning to, it, it's a welcome uh, relief. Um, now, the big problem here is that if you've bought an asset, say, for $150,000, and you get a tax deduction for it, it might put you in a tax loss position. Now, that, what that means is that you don't get the advantage of that loss. Uh, normally, loss can only be carried forward and offset against future income. So you wouldn't get the benefit for another 12 months, assuming you're making a profit in the next year. Now, this is where this temporary loss carryback comes into play, because if you're eligible, and now in terms of eligible businesses, if you're not operating as a company, this provision is not going to be available to you. If you're operating through a trust or as a sole trader, it's not going to be available. So you have to be a company to take advantage of this. And again, the the, the criteria, the eligibility criteria of $5 billion of, of revenue um, applies. 
which is quite generous. But how it works is if you um, if you have an income, uh, sorry, if you have a loss in either the 2019-20 year, which has just gone, uh, or the 2021, 21, 22, um, and, and, and now the 2022-23, you're able to offset that loss against a previous profit um, from a year which might have been 2018, 2019, which probably would have been the last year of profit for a lot of businesses. So you're able, you would have paid tax on that profit. What this offset does is allows you to claim back some of that tax that you've paid through an offset. Now, you don't need to amend your tax return to get access to it. There's a different um, section of the 2021 tax return that will, will be where you claim the tax offset. Now there are some other conditions in there about you know whether you've paid out those um, whether you've paid out uh, frank dividends using the franking credits from those um, tax in 2018 2019. But the detail is there, and um, you look at that if you need to. But essentially, what it means is that if you created a loss by buying an asset and you've accessed this temporary full expensing of assets, you can um, use then the tax loss carry back um, and get a, a, an offset or a rebate of the tax that you've already paid. So there is a cash flow advantage there. So those two measures are designed to work together. So there are a few other changes affecting small business owners. So uh, the super guarantee rate um, change from 1 July 2021 will go ahead and that will increase from 9.5% to 10%. So there will be adjustment to your employees' um, pay uh, from 1 July 2021. Uh, and that will either be, depending on your contract with your employer, employee, uh, they'll get an extra 0.5% of super um, or they'll be... <laughs> They'll be getting the extra super, but it'll be coming out of their, their other salary. So you need to talk to your HR advisor on, on how your contracts are worded and what the award provisions are. So that's worth checking into uh, before you get to that period, before you get to the 1st of July. So make sure you know uh, where you stand because I'm sure your employees are going to start asking you questions. The other change on super is removing this $450 threshold before you become eligible for um, getting super guarantee from an employer. Now, uh, this change won't come into effect until 1st of July 2022 if it passes through Parliament. So there are a few other incentives and stimulus packages uh, in the government. And a lot of it is around creating jobs. And, and we're looking at an extension of job maker and funding for more apprentices. You know, there's a $2.7 billion being set aside to create uh, 170000 New apprenticeships and traineeships, and that and that's good news. Um, uh, you know, equipping people to to be employable, and, and that's and that's great. Um, and there's a lot of um, uh, places being targeted for uh, Indigenous uh, girls to assist them in entering the workforce, and um, more STEM scholarships for for women to target those growth industries and where um, we're going to need more employer employees in the future. So target the industries. Um, which is a good way to look at it, is where a lot of the government spending from the budget is going. 
Why are they spending so much uh, if we're in a deficit? Well, the idea is that if they spend the money, then that money will get on spent and on spent and on spent. So if I spend $1 um, at, with you, you're going to spend $1 with somebody else and, and so on. So that $1 of spending will actually be worth 5 or $6. Um, so that, that's one way of stimulating the economy. The other is, is focusing on the areas or the industries that have come really to um, to the attention of, of, of the Australian government and, and the public during this COVID crisis, and that's talking about digital transactions and health, uh, aged care, uh, education, and um, uh, you know, uh, agriculture again, but also in NDIS. So uh, mental health, yeah, mental health is a big area that has really become important, uh, even more so uh, during the last 12 months. So there's a lot of spending in those areas and there's a lot of detail that behind the announcements of how much is being spent. Um, so how does that benefit you? What if, your what if your business is not in those industries and you might be thinking, well, it's not going to benefit me at all. It's not going to benefit me at all. Now, this is where we need to take a different approach and a different look at this because if you think back to when, when, when we started in this COVID situation, um, we were encouraging people to, to look at their supply chain, look at who's supplying their suppliers. Also, look at who, who's, who are your customers' customers uh, and looking at protecting your, your future revenue and um, spreading your risk about you know, dependence on a particular customer or a particular segment. So there's, on the other side of that, equation there is opportunity here so who are your customers customers are their customers in the health industry are their customers in the digital technology space who are your suppliers are your suppliers going to be getting an injection what does that mean for your business does that mean you're going to have more opportunity or they're going to have a greater range of product for you what are the opportunities for you to uh, create a new product line or a new service line to cater for these industries that are going to be getting the benefit of all this government investment. It might not be your immediate customer, but who are their customers? How do you find out who their customers are? Well, you, you, the first step is you give them a call, ask them. If you can't ask them, then go onto their website. A lot of businesses showcase who their major customers are, who, who's been dealing with them. You can have a look at the reviews, who's been dealing with them, what types of people are they supplying to? Look at the opportunities. What, what services, what products can you supply that you might not already be supplying? Or is there a way that you can uh, just change the, the product that you're selling at the moment to suit those other industries and tap into this investment that's going to be there? So there's a few options there, a few opportunities for you, even though you might not be getting a direct benefit from the government investment. So one industry that is uh, getting quite a kickstart along is the health and biotech section sector. Uh, some changes to research and development, and part of it is the aim is to keep the, the, keep the intellectual property, keep the benefit of it in Australia. So uh, any income derived from new um, biotech patents, um, new developments in that industry will be taxed at a concessional rate of 17%, which is, which is great. It's an incentive to keep the, tech, the, the ownership of those new ideas, those breakthroughs in technology in Australia. 
So that is a great thing. And, and there's a, that will hopefully stimulate more um, research in that area, more research in what can be done to, to keep more of that medical research here in Australia, but also the production of the outcome. So at the moment, we're, we're dependent on uh, COVID vaccines from overseas. Shouldn't more of that be developed in Australia? Shouldn't we have the capability in Australia to produce more of that ourselves, be more dependent? Dur you know, during COVID, a lot of business owners I talked to were complaining about how their supply chain was interrupted because they were relying on supply from overseas. And it just wasn't, you know, they couldn't get stock during that period. So we're looking at ways, or well, the government is looking at ways of stimulating investment back into our uh, local economy, our local manufacturing, our local research. Um, so these are good things and there are opportunities there for, for you, uh, maybe not directly, but there are opportunities for you to take advantage of it. The research and development offsets that are, are there. So if you're, if you're interested in that area, maybe now's the time to start. Maybe now's the time to start. And, and speaking of startups, uh, one of the biggest problems for startup businesses is attracting new employees that have the skill set that you need. Uh, our startups are often short uh, on uh, funding. They don't have deep pockets, but one way they've been able to attract uh, good quality uh, employees, so ta um, talented employees, is by offering employee share options in their, um, their startup business or their new business. So one of the changes is, is they're making that more even more attractive um, for startups uh, so by deferring the tax point. So what that means is that, you know, often people, when they change jobs or left that startup, they immediately become taxable on those, those shares. So what this, this provision is doing is, is giving a deferral for, for a maximum of 15 years um, to make it uh, an even sweeter um, deal to to take up this employee share options and accept perhaps a lower salary to start working in these um, startup um, businesses. Now, a lot of the startup businesses are designed for research, development into new technologies, uh, biotech, medical, um, a, a particular. But a lot of startups are there to develop new ideas, new products, new processes. So we want to encourage that. So the more that can be done for startup businesses. Uh, the better. Um, now, this is a, a bit of a, 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 an out there one, but there's a funding to go to uh, digital games tax offset for a refundable tax offset for qualifying Australian games expenditure. Now, do we need more digital games and computer games? Look, as a parent, I'm going to say, no, we don't. I'm sick of them. As a parent, I can't get my kids off them. But uh, the argument is that, you know, it is a, an industry, it's, it's evolving into an industry, whether we like it or not, uh, and most of the, the money for that and the funding is going offshore. So if we can develop our own product, we've got some of the, um, you know, the brains to do it here. So why are we sending that revenue off-site? Off why are they working for overseas companies with their talent? Let's harness that and develop our own games uh, and digital products. So um, that would be uh, an interesting one to be in, involved in. I'm sure there's been plenty of volunteers for testing, but there's probably more important things to, to be doing um, than testing computer games. So, uh, yeah, leading into our digital experience, some would argue that it hasn't been great 
we've relied a lot more on digital engagement with government and other authorities during COVID. And, and some of the systems have really been found wanting. So the government's going to be investing in that area to improve our experience, improve the usability of the tools um, that are available and also the, the obligations that we have to report um, using MyGov and, and tax portals and, and, and just how we engage with the various government departments, not just the federal but also state levels. So there's a lot of funding being earmarked to uh, improve those processes. So uh, I just want to end on one other note which might entice a few people and might make people happy is that small brewers and distillers um, are getting um, some tax concessions in terms of excise. So, you know, they were getting um, a concession of 60% on the first 100,000 of production uh, and that's been lifted to 100% of the first $350,000 of, of um, product they produce each year. So that's a good way to kickstart those um, businesses and, and, and it is a thriving industry in Australia. So um, look out for some interesting developments there. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are uh, relieved to hear about that. So recapping, is it a good budget for business? Um, look, there's an absence of some, some tax concessions um, that, that people want. Uh, there's an absence of, you know, immediate handouts like we had with JobKeeper and Cashflow Boost, but it is a, a budget around growing the economy, recovery, uh, investing in areas uh, of development that we've neglected for many years. So in the, we will need to wait and see what the outcome is, but it is about stimulating growth, stimulating investment, stimulating recovery, and that can only be a good thing. So let's hope that uh, the Australian business economy gets behind this and invests and develops new programs, new um, technology and, and processes to kickstart our, our health industry, our biotech industry, our manufacturing industry, um, so that we can keep more of our um, more of our inf information, our, our intellectual property, our, our, our spending in Australia, and that we can actually supply to the rest of the world as well. So let's hope that we make this a great success. It, it is not just up to the government to, to get involved. We, we can do our, our part as well. Um, but there are a few measures in there that you can take immediate advantage of, and others you need to be a bit more creative and uh, opportunities still abound thanks for listening do you have a question you'd like our team of experts to answer if you do send your question to podcast at thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com to hear more from the business behind your business don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast player or you can visit thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com website